Begin the current daf Masechtes Baba Kama Daf Kav Beis. Begin on the top line of the Yamud. The Gemara continues the discussion with the previous daf. That is, Rav had posed the following contradiction between the Mishnah Masechtes Shviyas and with a Brisa. On the one hand, it seems like from the Mishnah Masechtes Shviyas that there is kedusha Shviyas. The halacha of Shemitah applies not just to edible produce, but even to what's called etzim, even to inedible produce, which he brings from the Mishnah over there regarding different types of dyes, that the halacha of Shemitah applies to, and therefore it would apply to halacha of You have to get rid of it by a certain time if, let's say, there's none of that left for the wild animals. You have to get it out of your house. On the other hand, the rabbi brings a brysa, which seems like regarding certain types of produce which could be either edible or used for inedible types of use, utilities. Then, like it says, then if it's gathered, these types of leaves of reeds or these grape leaves, that then it doesn't have Kedusha Shviyas. So does things like, quote, eats and wood, things that are used for inedible purposes, does it have Kedusha Shviyas or not? And that answers the Gemara. It says in the Pasuk, the Allah of Shemitah applies for edible which means not just necessarily just for eating, but just like eating it's we hanos and biyarsen shava, when the, the pleasure you derive from that thing is at the same moment when you're getting rid of it, when you're ruining it, that's where, like by eating, which happens at the same time, that's where the halacha would be that the, that, that the isra of shviyas would apply to. But by something like by when you're using wood for fuel, where the pleasure you only get is after you heat up the oven, that's not Hanasim B'yarsan Shah, but that's where Kedusha Shviz would not apply, there would not be any Isser. Whereas by dye, the, the dye you get the moment you ruin the plant where the dye comes from, so it's Hanasim B'yarsan Shah, and therefore the Allah of Isser Shemitah would apply there too. Then the Gemara says, but okay, so you're saying that there's a difference between dyes and wood, where although they're both, quote, eights and they're both inedible, but dyes, you have the hana is the same time as the beer, as when you're ruining the thing, you get the benefit out of it at the same time. Whereas by wood, it only happens afterwards. But that has the Gemara, but you have what's called etzim de mashchan. You have oily wood, which there, you're not using it for the cooking that happens afterwards, but actually that you use it as a torch, which at the moment that it's getting consumed, is the moment when you're getting the benefit from it, which is the light. So there, the halacha of Shemitah should apply to. On that Rabbah said, which was at the top of our Ahmed, that stam etzim lahasakahinam zim. There's a concept that the primary utility, the usage of wood is for, for fuel. And therefore, since this fuel works, that you, you first heat up the oven and then later do you get the benefit, which is the cooking in that oven, which is not at the same time. But that's not included in the Isra of Shemitah, which is only la'akhla, only for things that are at the same time. Then you have those limitations of the Allah of Shemitah. But wood, even though, yes, there are certain cases of wood that you could have, that it would have the hana and the beer at the same time, but we go based on its general usage. Now, on that concept, Amr of Kahana, that's what Agamor continues and says, actually, this concept that Rabbah had mentioned to answer the question of Eitzim de Mashchan, that we consider wood as being used only for fuel, which is therefore not included in the Ist of Shemitah, which is only things which are at the same time that it's consumed, is the benefit. That actually tanoi. It's actually machlik is tanoi. In other words, there is an opinion that holds, as Rabbi just mentioned, that stam etzim lahasakanitno, which is that we, that's how we view wood, and therefore the halacha of shemitah would not apply even on etzim the mushroom, which you could have benefit the same time that it gets consumed. But there is an opinion, that's what Rav Khan is introducing, that does not agree to this. And therefore, actually, Eitzim Demashchan, oily wood, there actually would be the Isser of Shviyas on such a type of wood, because that is Hanas and Biyas and Shabbat. So therefore, that will be in the rubric of the Isser Shemitah, and therefore, that would be what you could use for the heter of what Shemitah allows it for. 
to sound like learning on Bryce. Rav Khan illustrates. The Bryce says, Ein meisun We're not allowed to give over to use the produce of the Shemitah year, Loyla Mishra, not to soak flax in, let's say, the wine of Shemitah year. And Loyla Chvusa, you're not allowed to go ahead and launder clothing inside that Shemitah produce, because that's L'schaira. The heter of Shemitah is, has certain limitations. You're allowed to only use it for consumption, but you can't use it for commerce. And that would be considered business. That wouldn't be considered for eating. That's the Tanakam. Rabbi Yisem, he says, he disagrees that you could put the Shemitah produce for utility of soaking flax in it and for soaking and laundering clothing inside of that. So the Gemara explains, my time with the Rabbana, what's the reason of the Rabbana that they hold that it's Asr? Amakra, the Pasek says in Miyikra, which is what we quote on the previous half, it says, La'achla, that the, the, the Shemitah produce is only for your, for your permis, for mi, permission, meaning it's hefka, everyone could use it, you can't own it, but you could use it La'achla to eat it. Which tells you, below the mission, not to soak something inside of it, not to soak the flax. So to la'achla, it says to eat it, below the not for laundry. That's a Tanakhama. For Yisai, he says, no, Amakra Lachem, the Pasik says, for you, which is lachal tzachechem, for all your utility. So the Gemara asks, so Rabbana, namihok seb lachem. What did the Rabbana do with that? If it says for all your utility, not just eating, including you could launder and you could also use it for soaking your flax. So now they say no, because lachem dum de la'achla. When it says it's for you, it has to be similar to the other word in the Pasik, which is that it's for eating. Which is, as we explained this concept, and this is what Rava was going according to this opinion on the previous half, it's bimishan asa bi'urushav. It has to be similar to eating. What's the characteristic of eating? Which is that you get the benefit at the moment when it's consuming the object itself. Which is, that's where you could have enough from Paris of the Shemitah year before the time comes of beer when you have to get rid of it and throw it out. Those are the things you're permitted to use it for. Yotu Mishu Chavusa, but that excludes soaking flax in it or laundering clothing. Where the benefit is only after that it's consumed. Meaning, because when the moment that you put in the flax or the garment into the wine of the Shemitah year, it already ruined and consumed the wine. Now, but the problem is the benefit of the laundering and the soaking is only after three or four days, which is when that's how long you have to soak the flax for, and that's how long you have to soak the garment for to be able to use it for the laundering process. So therefore, that's not included in A, the Isser and the Heter, meaning this concept that we mentioned of La'achla, this is actually what Rabbi Kahan is going to illustrate in this Machlekes, that there, there's a, the Isser of Shemitah applies only for things that are for eating purposes. Things which are not, like we said, for Eitzim, those are things which, like Lahasaka, they're not included in the Isser Shemitah. It's not something that has Hanam beer at the same time. Now, so too for things which are Aser, the Heter is only for things that you could use it for, that the Hanam and the beer is at the same time. Whereas, therefore, the Rabbanan said, by laundering and by soaking, where it's not at the same time, you're taking an edible food, which applies to the Isser, and you're not using it for La'achla. Again, the Isser is for La'achla, and the Heter is for La'achla. The Isser is only for things which are meant to be eaten. Now, the Heter is also only if you use it in that medium of the eating, meaning, which is that if the benefit is at the same time that it's consumed, Whereas, say the Rabbanan, by laundering and soaking, it's only afterwards. Therefore, that's not a permissible way of utilizing Shemitah produce. No, so the Gemara asks, Rabbi Yisi, now I'm la'achla, but what Rabbi Yisi, they said lachem, Rabbi Yisi said lachem means, okay, for everything that you need, even laundering, but what do they do with the word that the Rabbanan bring down, which it says that it's only for eating, and even if it doesn't mean literally just eating, but it has to be at least like eating characteristically, which means to say that the benefit is at the same time that it's consumed. So Amalach, so he would tell you, actually that la'achla you need for a different halach, as is taught in the following b'risa. The b'risa is the tiny, the tiny, like the b'risa.
says in the Pasuk, that the permissibility of utilizing Shemitah produce is only for eating, and not for, which is Rashi being like a plaster, which means like not for bandaging purposes. Now, explains the Brisa. Do you say that really when it says in the Pasuk that it's only for eating, it's, it's coming to exclude bandaging? So maybe when it says for eating, it's excluding even something that's less extreme than, than bandaging. Maybe it's even for something to exclude even laundering. Now, says the Brisa, when the Pasuk says, for you, that it really includes, like Rabbi Yisri said, which is permissible to use it for laundering. So Haman, Mikhaim Lacha, so what do I use when it's the exclusionary term of for eating, which is excluding something else? That's Lacha that's for eating and not for bandaging. Now, then the question is, Umari Isla Where did you see fit to include this, this one term that's including, which is Lachem, as one term that's excluding, which says Lachla? Where do you see fit to include that it's permissible to use Shemitah produce for laundering and to exclude the utility of Shemitah produce for bandaging, for plastering? So that says the Brisa Mar because I'm rather going to be including laundering, which is equal that everybody has to launder their clothing. That's lochem. That's for you. is for something that everybody does. But I would, and, and therefore the exclusionary term of lochlo is going to be excluding this plastering because it's not something that everybody does. It's only something that's necessary for someone that's sick that had a break, and therefore that would be in the exclusionary term. And whereas Lamishra Belachvisa Rabbi says, like this price, which is coming to be included in Lachem Lachotzachechem. Now, the Gemara just concludes this discussion by asking the following question Kaman Ozlaha de Tanya. Who does the following Brisa go like from these two opinions that we just mentioned? The Brisa says, L'achol, and says in the Pasuk, what you could use Shemitah produce for is for eating, but not for plastering. So, and moreover, L'achol, and says for eating, is Belachvisa, but not for what's called ziluf, which is they would, they would pour wine on the floor because they had this, the, the floor was made out of earth, which is that it should be, have a good aroma in the house. That again, there's also something that's not shabal l'chol adam, because only people that are the more delicate, the more refined, they do this procedure of taking wine and pouring it on the floor. So that cannot be used for Shemitah produce. And l'achol v'loylasim in afok tevizin. So to you also, it's for eating purposes, but not to be able to have someone throw up and, and, to, and to vomit. That you can't use that for that type of procedure to use the Shemitah produce for. Says the Gemara, Kaman, who's that like? Must be Kerebiyasi, must be like Kerebiyasi. Why? The Ikerabon, if it's the Begon, like the Rabbanon, Ikanami, Mishra, Uchvusa. There's actually more than just these cases. There's even a greater Chiddush, even for soaking or for laundering. And here in the Brisa, we see it only brings down cases of things that are not Shabbat Chaladim. Which is aktfaktavizin and for and for malugmar for medicinal purposes, not for people that are well. And also the zilub is only for people that are more aristocratic, more 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 ex- people that have a higher standard of living. That's not everybody, and therefore those are the things that would be excluded, which is like rbiac. But things that are more normative, like laundering and soaking, those are things that actually would be permitted. Now that's how Rashi explains what Rav Kahana was saying is this Machlikas Tanoim that we mentioned before. The Rabbanan hold, and this is actually the point that's being illustrated in this Machlik, is actually the opposite from what Rav Kahana is coming to address regarding what Rav had said in the previous stuff, but it's all based on the same fundamental principle. Rabban hold that we go based on what's called stama. We go based on generic utility. 
Now, generally, peris, produce, are, meant, are used for eating purposes. So therefore, as we said before, the Kedusha Shastriyas will take effect on them because whatever is something that the pleasure is at the same time that it gets consumed, that's what the Is of Shriyas applies to, like we said, La'achla. Now, therefore, even if it was gathered for soaking or for laundering purposes, that thought process of the person when he's picking it would not help to remove the Iser that it would be like we brought in the pre, on the Bryce in the previous Dav regarding Ali Kanan, which we said that the, the leaves of reeds, where if you gathered it for wood purposes, for fuel, then it's actually permitted. There's no Iser of Shriz over there. That's because, as we explained from Rasha in the top of this Amit in the previous Dav, that because those types of things are actually generically used for either one of those. So therefore, your machshava, when you picked it, would define what it is in this context. But peris, produce, stoma, and this is the key word according to Rabbanon, is lachila, is used for, for, for eating purposes. That's when its, when its creation was therefore intrinsic, including the kedushas ashmita. And therefore, your machshava, when you're picking it, say, well, I don't want to use it for eating purposes. I want to use it for laundry. That won't help to remove the kedushas ashmita. And therefore, it's going to be forbidden to use it for soaking and for laundering. The reason being is because, again, this is the other end of that spectrum, because you actually, and now that it's included in the iser, because it is la'achla, now when you're going to use it, that's the Isra part, but then the Hetra part is only if you're going to use the, the, something that has Kedusha Shriyas, only something that's similar to eating, which is at the moment that you're having benefit is when you're getting consumed in contrast to the, 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 when you're do, using produce for laundering, you're only having the benefit afterwards. Now, regarding wood is the same concept, where this wood is stama, is generally used, and that's what Rubber was saying from the previous staff, is lahasaka is for fueling an oven, which there the the benefit is only after you after you did the you consumed the, the wood. So therefore, since stum that's what it's meant for, so therefore it's not even included in the isra of shemitah because it's not laachlo. Again, we go based on stama, even and that's what Rabbi was saying. Even when it's etzim lamash, the mashchan, which is oily wood, which you could have benefit from it at the same time that it's consumed, but stama of etzim, generally generic wood, is used for hasaka, so therefore that's not included in the isra at all. Now, where's Rabbi Yesi hold? That we don't say stam. We don't say generally that produce are meant for eating purposes. To the contrary, he holds that the thought process of the person would help, just like we brought in that brace regarding the alikhanim and the aligifanim, where if, let's say, someone picked the produce, according to Rabbi Yesi, for the purposes of soaking it or laundering, then it would be something that the benefit would be after the consumption of it. And actually, the Eshmita would not apply to those produce, even if it's regular fruits, because the person's thought when he picked it was for non-edible purposes, and therefore it's actually going to be permitted. Now, that's what Rav Kahan is illustrating, actually, the other way around, where this concept we're saying over here is a leniency, he said the same thing in regards to astringency. That regarding wood, when it's picked, according to Abyesi, if the person's purpose, like eats in the mashkan, is to be able to use it at the same time that it gets consumed, then actually hold Rabyesi that we would not say stam eats in lahasaka and then we don't go based on the generic usage of it. No, this wood, this person when he's using it, this oily wood, is to have the benefit at the same time that it gets consumed. Therefore, it's going to be included in the Isr of Shemitah, and it's not going to be excluded the way the Rabbanan said it. That's what Rav Kahan is saying, that this halacha of Stam, which in the context of Eitzim Lasaki and Emden was regarding the Isr of it being Asr, which Rav had said that, which Rav Kahan is explaining is the opinion of the Rabbanan, was saying that no, it's never going to be Asr because 
we don't include it in La'achla, even though it could be like La'achla, because it's not. And that's what kind of the Rebbe disagrees, just like he says in this context, as a leniency that the person's thought process would apply to allow it to be within what's allowed for the Shemitah produce. And that, the same thing works as an Isser, that Rebbe would say that it's actually going to be Aster by the Itzim Damashchan, because we don't say Stam Itzim Asaka, and the Itzim Damashchan, which the person's thought process, which is what it's usually used for, the oily wood, is at the same time, then that's going to be something that's included in the Isser of Shemitah. Nothing more continues, quoting from our Mishnah, that there was three different cases that was discussed. So regarding the middle case, there was a Machlech Zermein Yubihuda, which was regarding if someone told the dyer to dye his garment black and dyed it red, or red and dyed it black. So Rameir says that the person is kaina with a shinoi, and then he gives back the person the wool, he pays him back that amount, but the benefit he gets to keep. Yehuda, I mean, he disagreed. He says, no, if the increase is more than the expense, you only pay him the expense. If the expense is more than the, than the what was increased, the value, then you only give him the, 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 you give him the benefit. In other words, you give him the lesser of the two. So the Gemara brings Simon Saban, which are the names of the Amaram that are being mentioned over here. First one is the Samach, is Rabbi Yisif. So the Gemara says, Yosef Rabbi Yisif achir Rabbi Yisif was sitting behind Rabbi Kameid Rav Huna, who was sitting in front of Rav Huna. The Yosef Rav Huna, Rav Huna was sitting and saying the following halacha. He said, first of all, halacha kebishu ben karcha, and halacha kebihuda, and halacha like kebihuda. So Adrina Rabbi Yisif la'ape. Rabbi Yisif turned his face away in anger. Amma, he said, I understand why Yerfun had to say Allah is like a Bishu Mekarcha. Yitzchak, it was necessary. So, you would have thought to say, Yachid Varam Allah Kiram. When you have an individual arguing with the many, the Allah is usually like the Rabbim. Kamashman Allah Kiyachid. That's what Yerfun was coming to teach. That no, in this case, Allah is like the individual, like a Bishu Mekarcha. But Shigmar explains to Bishu Mekarcha Mahi. What exactly is this Machlaikis that Yerfun was saying Allah is like a Bishu Mekarcha that Rabbi Yisif said makes sense he had to say Allah is like him? He says, Milva Bishtar, regarding a loan that was recorded in a document, we do not collect that from the non-Jew before their holiday, because it's a great rejoicing for a person when they can pay up his debts, and he's going to go ahead and give thanks to his gods, which are Avedazar, which are idols, which is not something that we want to reinforce. So we're not allowed to go ahead and do something that he's going to be able to thank his gods for. But when it's an oral loan, there we could go ahead and collect from them. And the reason being, because it's like literally saving money from their hand because we have no documentation. So if we could go ahead and collect, go ahead and take that opportunity, even though it's right before their holidays, where they're abundant, disagree, and they hold that, no, it's forbidden to pay up or, or collect from the non-Jews before their holidays because the thanks they're going to give to the Avaydazar. Now, so it's regarding that that says Rav Yisif, I understand that he had to tell us that you could collect an oral loan because you would think that the halacha would be like the rabbim. El halacha kibihuda lomali, but Rav Yisif says what, what's bothering me is that why did Rav Huna have to say halacha kibihuda? Weird, because that's machlekes ve'achakach stami. That's a case of where there is a machlekes between the mayor and Rav Yisif, and then there is an anonymous mission later on that says like Rav Yisif. And whenever you have in Mishnayis a machloikis, a disagreement, and then a later Mishnah which says it anonymously, like one of the opinions, the halacha is like that anonymous opinion. So why do you need Rabbi Huna telling me halacha is like Rabbi Huda? I know that because the Stam Mishnah, like Rabbi Huda, later on, as the Gemara explains, machloikis Kama. The machloikis is our Mishnah. The Mishnah said the case of litzvay like Adam mitzvay shachar. If he told the dyer to dye red, he dyed it black. Shachar mitzvay Adam. He told him to dye black, he dyed it red. 
Remeyo, I mean, he says, only pays up the value of the wool because the moment that he did a shinui, which is shinukaini, he changed it from the color he wanted. So the ganav, which he is now, right now, because he changed it, is kaina. And then he pays him for what it was at the time of the theft, which was just the, the value of the wool, the value that it went up after it was dyed, that he gets to keep for himself. And that would be he says, no, if the value that went up is more value than the expenses, and this, you give him the lesser the two, you give him how much he spent on it. Let's say he spent more on that, what it even when it went up in value. You give him only the increase, which is less than how much he spent in it. Which is a concept of Yad HaMeshana, the one who's changing, which is the dyer. He changed from what was ordered. Yod El he has the lower hand. So that's Rabbi Huda's opinion in the Machlekes. Now, Vistam, Babam Metziah, that's not. And when we have anonymous Mishnah later on, after Baba Kama comes Babam Metziah, which we learned over there in the Mishnah, anonymous Mishnah, that says, Kal HaMashana, whoever is the one of the two parties that deviates, Yodei al he has the lower hand. Whoever is retracting, Yodei al has the lower hand. So says Rabbi Yisrael, that bothers me. Why do I have to say this if it's a Stam, if it's a Machlik, it's Vachka Stam. And we know that the, that the Halach is like the Stam. So the Gemara explains Rav Huna, what would he say? He says, no, Itzrach. Even though it's a Machlik, it's Vachka Stam, I had to say Halach is like Rabbi Huda. Because Tzagadai Tachamina, you would have thought to say, ain't say to the Mishnah. That there's no order to the Mishnah. And actually, and actually, it's really the anonymous Mishnah was taught first. And then the Machlikis was taught. Therefore, I had to tell you, Allah is like a Behuda, because maybe, although, yes, the way we have it in our Mishnah is, is first Baba Kama, then Baba Metziah, maybe it, that Mishnah was taught first, and therefore, you don't say Allah is like the Stam. And therefore, I had to tell you, Allah is like a Behuda. Now, Rabbi Yisab, but he would respond, he says, Ihachi, if that's the case, then then every time there's a machlekes, and then later anonymous Mishnah, name ain't say to the Mishnah. You should say, like you're saying, that I have to tell you Allah is like a Behuda, because maybe there's no order to the Mishnah. And then really maybe it's anonymous first, and then later on the machlekes, which we don't say Allah is like the Stam. According to your answer, then that should always be the case. How do we ever say machlekes v'achastam? Now, Rabbi Huna, he would say, no. Ki loyamrinon ain't say de la Mishnah. When do we not say my answer that there's no order to the Mishnah? That means to say that, that we say that there is an order, and therefore it is, if it's first machlik is achastam, that it would be like that. That's bachad mesechta. That's in one mesechta. I'll betray mesechtas, I'll betray mesechtas, I'll betray but by two mesechtas, then we do say ain't say de la Mishnah. We say, no, no, who said? Maybe Babamitzi was taught before Baba Kama. In one Masechta, so that was that was one tractate. So there you say that the Mishnahis that were earlier, and then there's one later, so the first that had Machlik is then Stam. Rabbi Yudan Nasser was telling you, Halacha is like the Stam. But by two different Masechtas, and that's the Rabbi who said that we say, who said that we don't say, maybe we do say, and therefore, since it's two different Masechtas, I could say that maybe it would be the other way around. That's why I tell you, Halacha is like Rabbi Yudan. Now, Rabbi Yisar, however, however, he responds two answers to that. First of all, he says, Kula Nazikin, Chad Masechti. Actually, all of Nezikin, Baba Kavan, Baba Metziah, Baba Basra, that's why they call Baba. Baba is the part, first part, the middle part, that's Baba Metziah and Baba Basra, the last part, are actually all Masechta. It has the, all those Prakim, which were then split into equal parts, as we see how many Prakim there are in each of these Masechtas, to split up into three parts, but it's really one Masechta, and therefore it would still apply stam, even from Baba Kama to Baba and if I wouldn't have to say, and that's what Yisab, that was his taina, you don't have to say, Allah is like a Behuda. Or if you want, you, you could say, says Rav Yisab, that a different proof that this stama of the Mishnah Baba is primary, and therefore again, I didn't need Rav Huna to tell me Allah is like a Behuda, 
is Mishum Diktanila, is because we learned it over there in Bab Metzidaf, Ayn Vav Medalav, by these categorized halachas, which doesn't even apply over there. Because there was just said regarding certain halachas that were mentioned because no one disagrees. So it was just saying what's halachas psukta, which says, Kalamashana, whoever deviates, Yadal Tachtaina, he has the lower hand. Says the lower hand, in other words, is not applicable to what was going on, but it was just saying halachas pasukas. It must be saying clearly that this is the halacha like this. If we're said in the context of a masechta of what the topic is, so then okay, maybe the halacha is not like that stam. But here it has to be that it's going to be the halachas like this stam of Mishnah because it was by halachas pasukas, and therefore it says of Yosef that that would be another reason why Rebbe did not have to tell me halacha is like Rebbe Huda. Now, relating to this machlekes of our Mishnah of Rameh and Rabbi Huda, the Gemara brings the following brisa: Tanaban ulin the brisa, Hanoisin Mois l'shluche. If someone gives money to his agent, as we continue on Tamed Beis, likach lechitin to purchase wheat for him to go fifty-fifty, meaning he's giving the the, the 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 seed money, and the other guy is going to go ahead and purchase the wheat, and they're going to split the profits. Now, the problem is v'lokach memsayim. Actually, instead of buying with the money wheat, he bought barley. Or and he gave money to buy barley and to do business with it, and he actually bought wheat. So Tanya Chad, we learned in one brayso. If there's a loss because of that, the agent takes the loss. And if there's a gain because of that, the gain goes to the agent. That's one brayso. Tanya Chad, we learned another brayso. If there's a loss, the loss goes to the agent. But if there's a gain, the gain is to the middle, meaning they split that profit. So it seems to be a contradiction. What's halacha when, they, when there's a prophet? Does it go to the shliach or that split between him and the one who sent him? So I'm a and this is loikash, it's not a difficulty. Ha, the first b'risa is remeir. Ha, the second b'risa says that they split it, is Rabbi Huda, as the Gemara explains. Ha, remeir, the first opinion is the, the remeir of our Mishnah. The Amad that he says in the Machlikas that we just quoted, shinu kaina, says that when the shliach deviates, he acquires that object that he deviated, and it's at that point that he has to pay back the Meshaleach what the value was. So therefore, if it's Haisiru or Pichsa, whatever happens to it, is his loss or gain. Because he really acquired it from the moment that he deviated, which is instead of buying wheat, he bought barley, or barley, he bought wheat. Vaha, but the second verse says that they split it, is Rabbi Yehuda. Dhamma that he says, not Mishnah, the that changing does not acquire it. And therefore, although he changed, they still split the profits. Now, however, as Rashi points out, Rabbi Huda still agrees, which is the opinion of the second price, if there's a decrease, if there's a loss because of that, there for sure, my intention was not to send you to make me la'avse, to, to make problems for me, and therefore, for sure, if there's a loss, you're going to take that loss. But regarding the profit, that's going to be shared by both kinds. Like Rabbi Huda says, we don't want a sinner to gain. Shin is not kaina, and therefore, it's going to be split between the two of them. That was Rabbi Yechanan's interpretation, resolution of these two different prices. Now, Maskevla Rabbi Lazar. Lazar asked on Rabbi Yechanan's interpretation. He says, Mimai, from where do you know, how do you know to say that this is along those party lines, these two prices of the Machlikis are made in Rabbi Says Rabbi Lazar, Dilmad, Kamla Kamra Meir, maybe, where do we find Rabbi Meir saying in our Mishnah that Shina is Kaina? When the guy, the Shlech, the, 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 the dyer, whatever professional you give it to, the craftsman, he changes something. We say, Whoa, I didn't expect that. You're a thief. You changed. So therefore, like any thief who acquires Kenyan Gizela, he acquires it, and therefore he actually even gains. Maybe, says Rebbe Lada, that's only something which the, the owner of the object who gave it to the shleach is something that he uses for his own personal use, like wool he uses for, for dress, 
for his bench, he uses for sitting. There, maybe Remeir says, look, you changed. It's not the way I like things. It's like you're stealing. And therefore, you're kind of with Shinoi, with Kinyan Gizela. But here in this case of these Bryces, where what did he send them as an agent? Is for commerce, is for business. There, whatever makes money, whatever it makes, makes uh, an increase, that he likes. And therefore, when he makes money, that's not a Shinoi. Maybe the Eloyomer, maybe the Remeir did not say that Shinoi is going to remove it from the Shos of the Bailam to say, oh, Shinoi, okay, I'm kind of because you don't want like that. No, maybe only by personal usage. I wanted red. You made it black. What? I don't like this type of colors. So you were kind of giving me back my thing. But by business, I told you wheat, fine. If you made more money in barley, kalakavod, no problem. There, who said Remeir says Shinoi is kind of. So therefore, Allah, actually, Omer Belazar, Belazar disagrees with Rebbe And he says, Havahar Remeir, Belekasha. Both Bryce like Remeir, and it's no difficulty. Khan in the first b'risa, was told malachila. When he told him to purchase wheat, was for consumption. He wanted to eat wheat, and the guy bought barley. So things that are like legufe, like we learned in our mission, for personal use, there, I don't want that. That's a shina, you're kind it. And therefore, if it goes up, so that guy, it's the, it's the, it's the shleach's game. Khan l'schayra, the second b'risa, is told about where he sent him to buy wheat for business. For business, go ahead. You change it, if you make money for us, I don't care what you get. I just thought we'll make more money with wheat. You bought barley, you made a profit, then you split it amongst the two of us. There you don't say shinikaina. Again, a loss, that's the second price. So clearly, Ibrahim Remey would agree that then you take the loss, because that's not something that I had invested in. Now the Gemara tells us that They laughed, they scoffed at this first interpretation of these two prices in Eretz Yisrael, according to Rebbe resolution, that he said that the prices are arguing along if you hold like Rameyer, and the other Bryce is like Rabbi Yehuda. So they asked as follows, and this is what they were, Machkola. Alibad Rabbi Yehuda, in Rabbi Yehuda's interpretation, so according to Rabbi Yehuda, which is the second Bryce, which he says that Rabbi Yehuda is the, of the opinion that holds, Shin is not kind of, even though he changed, therefore if there's an increase, if there's a gain by the, what he switched to, then they have to split it. And that they asked, on Rabbi Yehuda's interpretation, who notified the owner of the wheat? In other words, the one who is selling the wheat, which, again, if he told him to buy barley, instead he bought wheat, which, who told him that it's for the purposes of the, of the, the seed money guy, the one who is paying for the money, who told him that that's, he's a player, that he should be acquiring the wheat to the owner of the money to say that when he's selling it to him, that the benefit, the, that the, the increase of value should go to the two of them. As Rasha explains, he says, they didn't ask on Rebbe Lazar, the way he explained the Machlekes, he said that both Bryce are going like a mayor, just that the first Bryce is talking about when it's for eating purposes, and the second one is for business purposes, where their mayor is saying that they're going to split it. The reason is because according to Rebbe Lazar, that he said that that's not considered a shinoi when he buys wheat instead of barley, because, he explained, the balabayas is okay if you change. It's only for personal preferences that he, that he doesn't like when you change it. But when it's for business, go ahead. Whatever is going to make more money. So there it makes sense that the owner of the money gets half the profit because he's his shliach. And he's doing exactly what he wanted because he doesn't care if you change a little bit here and there. But according to Rabbi Yechanan that said that it is a shinoi, it is a deviation. And therefore, essentially, he's not his shliach. But, like Rabbi Huda, shin is not kaina. That's what he explained in our Mishnah. So then the difficulty is, so from who is the Baal Hamois acquiring half their profit from? 
the owner of the chitin didn't acquire it to the balamois. He didn't even know who he is. All he sees is this guy coming to buy wheat. He says, okay, I'd like to buy this amount of wheat. Okay. Now, this guy, usually you say, a shliach is, is kamaisa. But here he's not his shliach. Because he told him, I want this, and you bought something else. Now, so, according to a mayor, again, Rebbe interpretation, so that's not considered such a shinoi, so he's still a shliach. But Rebbe Yechon explained to Rebbe Huda that it is a shinoi. He doesn't want that. You're not my shliach. It's just that shin is not kaina, so you're not acquiring it. So therefore, half the profit's going to go to the, to the mashalach, to the owner of the money. But who's, who's, that's what the, what the Gemara's question is, and this is what they were laughing in Eretz Yisrael, who is going to be makna to him? He doesn't know anything of him. He's not the mishaleach, and he doesn't know. He only sees the guy in front of him who's buying. That was their question. Now, Masikvila Rav Shmuel Bar Sasrati, Rav Shmuel Bar Sasrati asked on this question that they had in Eretz Yisrael on Rabbi Yechon's interpretation of Rabbi Huda, if that's the second price. He said, Ihachi, if that's your big claim on Rabbi Yechon, then even if he didn't change, even if he told him to buy wheat, and he went to buy wheat, so he's coming, he's, he's paying, so the guy's selling him wheat. When he's being magnet him the wheat, who's he being magnet to? The guy, whoever is the consumer there. Does he know that the consumer has someone back home who's the guy who's providing the seed money? Not acquiring it to him. So how do they ever go ahead and split the profits in half? Where's he getting it from? It, wasn't, it didn't have the hakna from the balachitin. So what are you asking on this case of when he changed from chitin to sarin to sarin to chitin? That wait a second, so how do we understand the Behuda? How is he getting half the profits? Who is acquiring it to him? How do you understand whenever he does exactly what he told him? So Amr Bavos, or Bavos said, which is resolving the question of the Marava, meaning that it's a good question. That's not difficult why they picked on Rabbi Yechon in this case of Yehuda. They said, no, shani chitin v'chitin. When he told him to buy wheat and he bought wheat, that's different. The because he's doing his agency. And therefore, so he's like the owner, he's like the Mishaleach. And therefore, there, of course, when he's selling it to him, he's selling it to the guy who sent him, because that's what a Shliach is. But when he changed from the Shliach, that was their question with the Bi'echanan. There he told him one thing, he did something else, he's not a Shliach anymore, so therefore, who's being maknet to him? He's not, the, the guy who's selling doesn't know, he's only being maknet to who he sees. So how does it go back, according to Bi'echanan and Rabbi Huda? And says Teda. You should know this, what I'm telling you, that it's different. That meaning when it's, he told him to buy wheat and he, and he bought wheat, that then it's going to go back to the original owner because he's a shleich shalom kamaisai. It's not. They go to the Mishnah Masech this Arachim. Mishnah says, Echad amakdish Whether someone who takes all his properties and gives it to, to, to the base of Migdash, to Hekdash, or whether someone that does what's called Erechim, which gives a certain Torah value that the Torah gives to certain ages and genders, if someone takes his own Erech value to give that to Hektish. So the Allah is, says the Mishnah, Ein loy, so the Gizber, the, 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 the financier of Hektish, doesn't have any rights to collect Bechsus Ishtoy in his wife's garment to use it as collateral to collect the Erechin until this guy pays up his value to the base of Mikdash. So too, regarding all the things that was Maktish, his wife's clothing was not included. In, he said, all my stuff are Hektish. That doesn't include his wife's garments. It doesn't include his children's garments. And not even those dyes which were dyed for the purpose of using it for his wife and children. That also doesn't go to hektish. And not even new shoes, which is a chiddish. That he purchased for their utility. He bought it for them. Even though it's still new, he didn't, they didn't even have it yet. Still, all these things are not included in hektish. Neither can they even use it as collateral to collect for the erichen that he had taken upon himself. That's what the Mishnah says. Says Rebbe Vo. Now, Vamai, 
Why? Why do you say that his wife's clothing, his children's clothing, doesn't go to Hector? We should say here also, Who notified the dyer? That he should be acquiring the dye to the woman. In other words, Rabbi Vo is assuming that somehow this became the woman's and the children's. The husband's giving everything he has to the base of Mikdash, to Hashem. So the, the dye that he had paid the dyer to dye for his children, he paid. So when you see a consumer, you're doing it for him. So how does he know that it's for his wife or for his children to say that, oh, so when he did the dyeing, he did it for the wife, so it's the wives already. <laughs> Who told him? How could you say it's the wives to say the Hector doesn't get it? El Alav rather says Rabbi Vo, must be Mishum Daminan, because we say, he's doing his agency. Meaning, the husband is like his wife's hand. Who is he doing it for? He's doing it for his wife and children. So we say that we see that Shlich is like the Mishaleach. So you see my point, says Rabbi Vo, when, when he told him to buy Chitin and he bought Chitin, when the guy is acquiring it to the guy who's coming, which is just a Shlich, it goes automatically back to the Mishlech, because he's like the Shlech Shalom Kamois, he's like the Yad of the Balabais, like you see from this Aloha, Mishnah Mesech Arachin, that how does it become the woman's? He doesn't know anything about his wife, it's just because he's doing it for her, and therefore it automatically goes to her. So, here also, therefore it says, Rebbe Vo, answering Rav Shmuel Bar Sasrati's question on the Bnei Marava, that, what do you mean? When he does it for Chitin purposes, he's doing his agency. Okay, yeah, Balabais, I mean, therefore he's like the hand of the Balabais, and therefore he, re- he rejected this, this question of, of, Shim, of Yishmul Basasrati, and to the contrary, rather you do see, like, the question that the Marava had on Eretz Yisrael, that it's a valid question. Now, on that, Amr Rab Abba. Rab Abba now comes to reject the proof that was brought to resolve the Bnei Marav, and actually that would take us back to being like Rabbi Yechon and like Rabbi Shmuel Basasrati, that Rabbi Yechon would not be difficult. He says, Loi, that's not true. The way you're interpreting this Mishnah Mesechus Arachin does not support your contention to answer Rabbi Shmuel Basasrati's question on the Bnei Marav. Why? Because whoever makes his assets hectic, the reason why it doesn't include his wife's garments and all those things it's not because, like you said, it automatically becomes hers. It's because his intentionality is not on his wife or children's garments or stuff, even their dye. He doesn't want to mess around with them. He doesn't want to bother their stuff. He took all his stuff and gave it. So although he might be paying for this stuff, but it's theirs, that's why it doesn't go to Hekdash. Not because like, you're proving. Maybe the halacha would be, Rav Shmuel Basasrati is bringing out a very, very valid point. Because who cares that he changed? How does it ever work that when he buys that it goes to the guy? It must be, it doesn't make a difference because there's no difference between if he tells him chitin buys chitin or chitin buys sa'irin. This that you're trying to bring from a Mishnah Mesef, this Arachin, that you see that it must be that when someone's doing someone's agency, it automatically goes to that person. Not true. Here's not because of that. Here's because it's because of the das of the maktish, of the marach. His intention was not in his wife's stuff. That's why that's not included. But not because the tzava, because the dayer was maknit to the wife through the agency of the husband. That you don't see, says Rebbe Now, on that mask of the Rebbe asked on Rebbe interpretation of this Mishnah in Mesechtas Arachin, which was refuting the proof of Rebbe Vohu, which was to, to, to refute the... the the, the, the question of Rishmul Basasrati on Bnei Marava, which was asking under Biechanan. What's his question on Rababa? says, what do you mean? You're telling me, unlike Rabavo, that the Mishnah Masechet Arachan says it doesn't include any of the wise stuff, because not because of that 
it's the wife's stuff, and therefore, like, but the tzava is magnet to the woman, but rather it's because of what his intention is. It's not on his wife's stuff, including even what died for her. What are you telling me? You think a person, when he's Makdish's stuff, his, his intention is to be Makdish, even his Tfilin? Every Yid needs Tfilin. What do you mean? Why would he give it off to Hector? Yet, it says, if someone says, I want all my stuff to go to Hector, Allah is, everything is included. Even Malmite Tfilin. We even evaluate his Tfilin. He, he has nothing now because everything he had went to Hector. He has to borrow money and he has to give it to Hector so that he could go ahead and pay back and get his Tfilin out to ransom out his Tfilin. So how can you say the reason why certain things are not included is because it's not because it's not his, it's his wife's, and like the tzab is maknitar. No, it's because it's not his das. His das is only on things which are not his wife's. So you tell me it's based on his das? What, his das is on his tefillin? So it, 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 obviously his das is not on his tefillin, and yet still we see that it becomes hectic. And that actually only Abai says in, yes. He actually answers the question on Rebab. He says, Daitishaladim al tefillin. A person's intention is on his tefillin that it should be part of the things that he's makdish. Why? Because a makdish nechasim sava. What's the psychology? What is the guy who's being makdish his nechasim thinking? He's thinking mitzvah I'm doing a great mitzvah. I'm giving everything to Hashem. Wow! I'm giving everything to hektish. Now, so therefore, since his intention is on I'm doing a mitzvah, he thinks, okay, I don't have to have tefillin even. I give everything to Hashem. So he's including his tefillin, but. His, his das, is shal adam, is not al ksus His intention is not to be makdish, his wife and his children's clothing. Mishum eva, because of hatred. Say, Tati, what are you doing to us? Shefala, husband, what, what are you doing? You're taking all our stuff and giving it all away? Your stuff is one thing. You want to live a life of, 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 of no materialism? Fine, but you're giving away all our stuff, they're going to hate him. So therefore, his intention is not, I don't want to take away my kid's stuff, I don't want to take my wife's stuff. Therefore, that's not included. So therefore, as says Abaya, that's what Rebabu is saying, refuting Rebavo's proof. There's no proof to what he wanted to say that you see chitin mechitin, if you're doing exactly what was sent to you by the Mishalech, that you're considered as if you're an extension of them, and therefore goes automatically to the wife. No, nothing to do with that. It's because his das is not on his wife's stuff. And what about Tzvillin? Yes, actually his das is on that, because he thinks he's doing a mitzvah by giving his Tzvillin to Hektish. Now, however, the Maskevla Rebbeisha asks another question on Reb Abba's interpretation of this Mishnah Masech this Arach, and again refuting Reb Avoh's proof from there. He says, there in that Mishnah that Reb Avoh brought, which, which Reb Abba wanted to say is not a Raya, there's two cases. There's one about being Makdash as Nechassim, and one of them is about Hamarachas Atzmai, someone that takes the Erech vow, vow upon himself, that he has to pay up to Hektash. Now, Utnan, we learn the Mishnah in Masech this Arach, that says, those who have a, a liability, they took a, an, an oath of an Erech vow. So we take collateral against them, meaning even forcefully against their will. Now, on that asked on Rebaba. You tell me, you think a person's intention is that he should have collateral taken away from him forcibly to have to pay up his Erech vow? Obviously, it's a revelation that it's not because the person's intention is for this to be like that. That's why those are the things we're allowed to do to him. Because if that would be the case, then we wouldn't be allowed to take collateral from him. Yet we see that you are. So obviously, the, your interpretation of the Mishnah to refute Revo's proof for the Bnei Marava is incorrect. Because it can't be based on what his das is, and his das is not on his wife and his children's stuff. Because if it was based on his das, then we wouldn't be able to do collateral. Who wants that people should force him to have to pay up things? So Ella Amr Ababa, so rather Ababa says a different interpretation, which again would still refute the proof of Rebavo, but not like he was saying before based on the person's das. Rather he says, 
whoever makes all his properties to hektish, so it's as if he really acquired his wife and his children's garments to them before he's makdish his stuff. And that's, that's, that's because, again, because of Eva, but not because of just Das. Because, yes, it was based on Das, then we wouldn't be able to be a mashkinim. No, when he does it, he does it based on whatever the halachas are involved. Which, maybe that would include his wife's stuff. But, when a person is makdish all this stuff, again, because of Eva, because of the enmity they're going to have to him, it's like as if he really gave it off to them. So it's not even his to be able to be makdish it. It's not even his to be able to have the collateral of Erechen taken on him because he doesn't want their stuff to be touched. So that is why the halacha would not apply to Ksus Ishtay and Banov. But again, Rebab is saying there's no proof to Rebbevahu in the way that he wanted to refute which because it's supporting the pin of the name of and therefore again the way it comes out from Rebbe would be like Rebbe Yechanan's opinion, which again is explaining in Rebbe Yehuda that although that he switched and deviated from the shlichus, he told him to get Se'irin and instead he bought Chitin, still the Allah would be according to Rebbe Yehuda that again he's not really his shliach and the Allah is yet still Shina in a kind of doesn't acquire it and the Allah would be even though he did for something else, that is what Rabbi Shmuel Vesasrati was saying. There's no difference between when he told him to buy and he ended up buying what he told him, chitna chitna. Or even if he bought something else, the Allah would still be that it's going back because we don't care that he doesn't see who it is. It's whoever it is that's paying the seed money is going to be able to share the money. And that's why the halacha is, according to Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yechon's interpretation, that the that they split the prophets. Nothing more continued with another b'risa that will relate back to this previous Gemara's discussion. First, the Gemara brings the b'risa and then explains it. Someone buys a field in the name of his friend. We, do not, we don't force him, doesn't say who, to sell it. But if he tells him on condition, then we do force him to sell it. So the Gemara says, what is being said over here? How do we read this b'risa? Some of Sheshis, he says, this is what the b'risa is saying. If someone purchased a field from his friend in the name of the Resh Galusa, who is the head of all the people, of all the Yidden in, the, in the, 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 the diaspora, in other words, he tells to the seller that I am coming to buy this field for the purposes of the, of the offices of the Resh Galusa. The reason why he says that is he intends to instill fear in other people that sh- people shouldn't make claims to the field because no one wants to mess with the Resh Galusa. So, the, the seller writes in the document that he's selling it to the Resh Galusa. So, oh, Resh Galusa, I'm not going to make, oh, I'm not going to say this is really my field because who wants to mess with the Resh Galusa? So, really, this guy's buying it for himself, but he say, sell, so I'm coming from the offices of the Resh Galusa. So, that's what the Bryson says. If he said that, we don't force now the Resh Galusa to go back and to write a document of sale that he's selling it to the Lekach. Because, he wasn't consulted, it wasn't that, he doesn't have to go ahead and sell it back to him. No. But Vim Amar, but if the, the purchaser, the consumer tells the seller, Almanas, that I'm only buying this field from you on the condition that the Resh Galusa will write to me after I'm buying this and you're writing it a document of sale to him, that he's going to write from his name to me a different document, then then we actually force the Resh Galusa to sell it back to the guy who actually really bought it. That's what the Bryce says, the contra of Sheshis. Now, the Gemara explains it now and asks on his interpretation. First, it explains it based on how he said it. So, essentially, it comes out that the Tanda Bryce is saying as follows. 
Someone purchased a field in the name of the Rish Galusa, as if he's the agent of the Rish Galusa. So the halacha is being said, We don't force the Rish Galusa to write a shtar mecher from himself to the consumer. No. That says the Gemara, Well, the inference of that is, is that obviously what we're saying is that the consumer has acquired it. We just don't force the Rish Galusa to sell it to him, meaning to write a, a, a sale document, because the guy has it. You don't have to, you don't, we don't force him to have to write the document to him. Now, that asks the Gemara, According to this interpretation of Rav Sheshas, of the Brisa, it would seem like that this Brisa is disagreeing with the Bnei Marava in their, as we quoted from them in their, their question that they had in Rebuchim's interpretation of the Brises, because the Amri, they said, and their question on him, on Rabbi who's going to notify the owner of the wheat who is the seller, that he should acquire the wheat to the homeowner, he, he, to the guy who's giving the seed money. He has no clue. So that was their question. They said, how can you say in your interpretation is going like a Yehuda, who obviously is holding that he's not a shleach because he deviated, but still Shin is not koina, so therefore he has to split the profits. How is he splitting the profits with the seed money, get with the balabayas, if the way it's coming from is from the one who's selling the wheat, and the guy who's selling the wheat only doesn't know about him to have him getting acquired half of the, the wheat. It's going only to the shliach. So that was what they said. So says the Gemara, seemingly that disagrees with the way of Sheshers explaining this price. Because this price is saying, when he came to the seller, he said, I'm buying this field for the Resh Galusa. So he gave, writes a document, oh, the Resh Galusa, okay, he wears the money, gives him the money, he writes the Resh Galusa, and he gives him the thing. So now we said that we don't force the Resh Galusa to write a new document to him. Meaning, because he's acquired it. How has he acquired it? Who was magnet to him? The seller didn't know of him. He thought it's for the Resh Galusa. He doesn't know of him. According to the Bnei Marava, they have to know of who it's for to be able to be magnet. We don't say whatever the legalities are, should be, it happens by itself. So seemingly this Brisa disagrees with the Bnei Marava. So I think Mara says, no, Imishim Kasha. If it's only this point, that's not a difficulty. Because the case could be talking about that he notified the owner of the field and the witnesses before and he told them, look, I want you to write that I'm being sold to the Resh Galusa, that that's who I'm buying it for. That's because I don't want anyone else to contest the field. But you should just know that it's really for me. So they know about it, so okay, so then that's not a difficulty. That would even work well with the Bnei Marava because they really know that it's for him and they're being mocking it to him. But says the Gemara, Ela is safer. But the difficulty is the end of the price according to Rav Shesh's interpretation. The Bryce said, Al-Manas, if he told him on the condition that the Resh Galusa writes a document for me, then then we do force the Resh Galusa to write a document selling it back, even though it was really always sold to him, but selling it back to the real consumer. And that the question is, am I? Why? Let the Resh Galusa say, I don't need your honor that you're making me the head as if oh, I'm instilling fear in people that no one's going to want to go against me. Because neither do I need your degradation that you're coming to make me into some type of a field seller that now I've got to start writing deeds to people who used my name as a way of distancing people from contesting. So the question is on Rav Shesh's interpretation, why would we force the Rish Galusa to write a document when he had no involvement in this whatsoever? So Elam Abai rather Abai gives a different explanation of the Bryce. He says, oh, come on, this is what the Bryce is saying. Where if someone's purchasing a field in the name of his friend, which let's say it's like the Resh Galusa, similar to how Rav Sheshit explained the Bryce originally. 
But as we continue in the top of Kov Gimel Amad Aleph, Abai explains the, the halachic part differently. We don't force the seller to sell at another time. In other words, to go ahead and to write a new sale document that's a different one to the Lekeach. And the reason why we don't force them is because the consumer should have, should have stipulated and notified and said, look, write my document as if you're selling it to the Reshkalusa. So that if people that come to contest, I could show them, hey, this is owned by the Reshkalusa now. You starting up with him, you're going to get into trouble. Now, but also write for me another document in my name so that they shouldn't come today or tomorrow, the inheritors of the Reshkalusa, and claim it from me saying, hey, look at the deed, it's owed by a father. I'll say, hey, I just wrote that so I can get rid of people that contest, but look, here's the deed, it showed that it really belongs to me. He didn't say that, so therefore, we don't force the seller to, write, to sell it another time to write a new deed because you didn't tell us this when you bought it. But but if you told the seller on the condition that you write for me, Another deed, then Kaifin is Of course, then we sell, we force the seller to write a new deed written not only for the Reshkalusa but also for himself. Now, in this interpretation of Abaya, now the Gemara rephrases it and asks on it. So it turns out that the Tan of the Bryce is saying as follows Someone purchased a field in the name of his friend, as if he's buying it for that person. So we don't force the seller to sell it another time back to him. And the question is actually, Pshita, now the Gemara is asking Abai's interpretation, it's pretty obvious. He didn't tell him this before. Huh? He said, you're buying it for him. So I wrote it for him. Why, who, why do I have to go ahead and sell it again to you? So the Gemara says, no. You would think that you could say that, that the consumer would be able to tell the seller, look, you surely know. Who was I buying it for? I was buying it for myself. The only thing I needed was, which the word is a term of support, of strengthening, I, my own intention was to save the field, that I didn't want people to contest it, so I wrote it in the name of the Reshkalusa, but I'm not throwing away my money for nothing, I'm not buying it for the Reshkalusa, it doesn't need my money. The whole intention was that I knew you were going to write me another document. That's the Chiddush of the Brisa, according to Abayi's interpretation, the Amalei that the seller could, sell, could tell the consumer, look, in Yana Avdiloch, Bahadi Hahud this condition that I did for you with the one that you wrote it in his name, meaning, let him write you another document, meaning, of course I know you're not going to throw away your money. So you wrote in someone else's name, I knew that you're not going to throw away, but you asked me to write it for his name. Let him go ahead and write you a new document. I didn't have that responsibility, that's the chiddush of the b'raisa, that if he didn't say almanas, if he just said, write it to me in someone else's name, he doesn't have to write him a new document. Now, then the safer was, but if he tells him on the condition, then we force the seller to write a new document. So the Gemara says, that again, that's for sure obvious, according to Abayi's interpretation, what's the Chiddush? If he said on condition that you write from the rich Kalusa and for me, of course he has to write it for him. And then the Gemara says, the case is talking about, the he didn't tell this to the seller, this almanas, this stipulation. He, t- he notified the witnesses in front of the seller, and he told them as follows. He says, Chazu, you should see, witnesses, I need another document. Now, however, he didn't say these words. He wasn't directing these words to the seller. So, I would think that, you, that, the, the, that the consumer could tell the seller, that, uh, that, 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 that actually the seller could tell the consumer, I thought what you were telling the witnesses was that a document from the guy that I'm selling it to you, that you're buying it for, 
That's what you're telling the witnesses, that I'm going to need you to write me another document from the Rish Galusa to me. Kamash Malon, that's what the Chiddush of the Bryce is, no, the Amalei, that he tells him no. That's how I went through the effort. And I told the witness in front of you, why do I need you to be there? I don't need you to know my business. It's because that it's from you that I'm going to need the other document. And that's the Chiddush of the Brisa where, of course, if we say Almanas to the seller, of course he's going to have to do it. That was the stipulation. The Chiddush is that even though he didn't tell it to him, but he, he was in earshot, he wanted him to hear what he was telling the witnesses, that he can't tell him now, the seller can't tell him, oh, I thought he, you need another document from the Rishkalusa. No, no. I wanted you there that you know that I wanted from you, and that's the Chiddush that that was we consider like Almanas, and therefore we would have to go ahead and write him another Shtar. Again, those are the two different interpretations of this Brisa, which is regarding when he said this, he buying it for someone else, but really he's buying it for himself, which the Gemara introduced it because of the first interpretation, that of Rav Sheshis, which related back to the previous Gemara's discussion, which sounded like that it was not going like the Bnei Marava, because again, it's something where he was buying it for something else that, in other words, if the one who's selling it doesn't know of that party, which was the way he was saying over here, where if you tell me you're buying for the Reshkalusis, I don't know of you, I, how am I, I don't know, so how is he acquiring it? That's what the Gemara had answered, that that's not a difficulty because he actually notified him. But anyways, the Gemara had a difficulty with Shesh's interpretation. Anyway, why would we force the Reshkalusa to sell something which he had no involvement whatsoever? I don't need your honor, I don't need your, your, your bazillion. Therefore, Abayi came and interpreted it in a different way, saying that it's actually regarding the seller, if he has to go ahead. So if he didn't tell him that, he's, that he wants another document, then he doesn't have to write him a new document. But if he said Amanas, which again, not directly, but indirectly, because in front of the witnesses, that's enough as if he's telling him he needs another one from him, and therefore then we would be Kaivin Esam Meicher, Limker, Zimnachrit, to write him a new star.